again, fellow travellers, and welcome to podcast 123. Yes, that's 123 in our series, You Should Have Been There, with me, Mick Webb. And me, Simon Calder. And this podcast is all about me. Well, not really, but having spent most of August on the road, I thought I should share some of my experiences, discoveries, and dare I say it, lessons. So where exactly have you been? I found it quite hard to keep up. Well, I don't blame you. I've, I left the country at 6.30am on the 3rd of August on a Ryanair flight to Ireland. I then uh, flew to Chicago in the US and then into Canada and then bounced back and forward between the two uh, countries several times more um, before flying across to uh, Rome, heading for Sicily, and uh, then um, beautiful Villefranche and Marseille in France, and finally ending up in Barcelona. So I've been around a bit. It's felt like a kind of a slightly hyper um, interrail ticket, but of course, without the interrail ticket. However, I have been on plenty of trains, which you may hear more about later. Well, drawing a veil for the time being over your carbon footprint, um, I did notice that you had failed to visit Kingston-upon-Hull, Hull in the UK. Um, and the reason that I mention this is that uh, it's the subject of one of those rare gems, an audio message sent to anchor.fm forward slash you should have been there by Edith Berry. Ah. It picks up the theme of the best British city to visit as a tourist, uh, which was the subject of our podcast number 119, no less. Over to you, Edith. Hi, Simon and Mick. Love the podcast. But in your episode on UK cities, even when I think you listed the cities that you missed out, I think you still missed out Hull. Apologies if I'm wrong about that. But it's a great city. It's got a historic centre, including the oldie White Hart pub, the excellent Ferrans Art Gallery, the Deep Aquarium, which is great, Maritime Museum. Plus, of course, it's on the river and you can get great views of the Humber Bridge. Or you could go further afield, go to the Nature Reserve at Spurn Point, which is unique, or the lovely historic market town of Beverly which is where I'm from, so I'm slightly biased. Thank you. Well, Edith, thank you very much indeed for your contribution, not least because it was beautifully recorded, and I hope our other listener will be inspired to send us an audio message. Um, look, I love Hull. It is rather like it's the, the, the complement to Liverpool, which is somewhere not really on the way to anywhere except to um, uh, going abroad. Uh, there's many great things to say about it. Of course, William Wilberforce, the um, the great anti-slavery campaigner, was, was the MP there. Um, another claim to fame is Hull City is the only league football team with no letters you can colour in. And check that, it works whether you're uh, lowercase or uppercase. And I do believe that in 1984, they vowed to, prove, to play the first football match on the moon. Um, it's a yeah, fascinating place, which I would urge people to go to. And it even has its own train service, Hull Trains, which will whisk you in a trice from London King's Cross, if that's where you happen to be starting uh, straight to Hull Paragon, which is the name of the station, which I think is a, um, a particularly good uh, name for a for a, uh, a transport terminal. And when you are there, uh, you will also uh, find the statue. Of course, this was a, a capital of culture in 2017. Um, uh, Philip Larkin, who is... Oh. 
uh, a, a great whole whole citizen so from all points of view uh, well worth going to and thank you very much edith for your uh, uh, your your commendation well, i'm glad philip is still there in statue form anyway as he has of late become a somewhat controversial figure but um, uh, that's the subject of uh, someone else's podcast i think uh, let's get on to your meanderings your recent meanderings although Actually, they're more energetic than that. Uh, I'm going to call it your whistle-stop learning journey. (laughs) And um, I would like to get my August travel lesson in first, which is, if you want to go to a southern English beach for a swim, make sure you go at high tide. It's very easy to look them up on the old internet. Um, uh, And I'm assuming in the first place that you can find a southern English beach that's uh, not polluted by deliberately released effluent. Um, but the thing is, high <laughs> tide tends to be when you have the shortest stretch of crippling pebbles to endure to get to the oh, water yes. and then ditto um, before you reach a decent swimming depth. And um, you're also less likely to get damaged by uh, unseen neglected wooden breakwaters, which can happen at kind of middle tide, I have found to my cost. And then, of course, at low tide, you have um, expanses sometimes of uh, rock pools, but quite often of um, unsightly and rather unpleasant mud. Anyway, that's my thought for the day. Oh, and and very, very welcome it is too in these uh, difficult days in the dying embers of summer indeed. Well, so I made many discoveries. Um, The first one, I guess, because I spent uh, uh, basically a week there, is that the Canadian province of Quebec is absolutely another country. It is part of Canada, of course, and they, by a quite narrow margin at the last referendum, decided to remain part of Canada. But as soon as you get there, you realise that you've actually parted company with the English-speaking world in every sense, and you are in a very uh, I was going to say nationalistic. I guess that is the, uh, the the term. A very spiritual place, and uh, uh, so spiritual indeed that um, I just a short way north of Quebec City, which um, is by far not just the capital of the province of Quebec, but also uh, by far its greatest city. Um, sorry, Montreal. I discovered Saint Anne de Beaupré, which is a shrine, a fantastic basilica. Um, to a miracle that happened there. And um, here's what I found. I am ascending the holy stairs. There's a big sign saying Escalier Sante um, in French and translating it in English because here we are in Quebec. And I'm taking these to the lookout point for the enormous... Basilica of St. Anne of Beaupre. It's the size of Notre Dame with an added monastery bolted onto the back, which is the size of Luxembourg. I exaggerate very slightly, but not very much. And I'm just going into, oh, here we are. Ah, so you come up the holy stairs and you come into this chapel where you've got a map on the left here of the Terre Sainte, the Holy Land. And if you wanted to find your way from Sidon or Tyre, 
Uh, here we are, Nazareth, he makes it, makes it there, um, as well as Jericho, Jerusalem, and Bethlehem. And there's even a hand, handle, a handy scale there. And you've got the Mare Mort, the Dead Sea. Wow, and right over here, another map. Jerusalem in the time of Jesus. And it's a fairly ragged kind of rectangle with everything that you could possibly want. So in a kind of early guidebook, yeah. You, um, there's the Garden of Gethsemane to the right and you come in the Port Dore into the temple. You've got the Palace of Herod, Mount Sion, Calvary. It's all there at the top of the Holy Steps. And I'm not actually going to ascend on my knees in a spirit of penitent love, um, but I'm going to walk up and see what's at the top. Uh, I am overjoyed to be in a place of such atmosphere. And I'm sorry that I am not firmly believing in the whole story, but, uh, well, they've got all the stations of the cross. And, in fact, they've also got illustrations of these for great places. So here's the Mount of Olives, the Tower of David looking great. Oh, gosh, how, how beautiful this all is. And a sad looking Christ in a throne, actually, um, with the stigmata and notes asking for, ah, I guess, relief, help, and end to despair. So, Saint Anne du Beaupre, and it's about whew, 20 minutes outside Quebec City. And my goodness, well worth going to. Well, it does sound a unique experience. And it made me um, ponder a moment on um, what a basilica was. What differentiates a basilica from a cathedral? Is there anything? And of course, I uh, looked it up um, and I discovered that a basilica uh, in Roman Catholic uh, and um, Orthodox religions um, is actually like a super cathedral. Uh, it's it had an honour conferred on it, um, which mm. means it's exempt from <laughs> local rules. I, it made me think maybe of, of academy schools when, um, when Tony <laughs> Blair first launched them with much razzmatazz. Yes. Um, or or um, Rishi Sunak's Freeports, where you are free to do whatever you wish, yes. <laughs> well, at the risk of it being excommunicated, I think we can sort of put put it put basilicas <laughs> in that um, super league. And it also made me think that if you have um, a serious ascent um, involved in your visit to um, a cathedral or a, some kind of holy place, it does increase the impact um, and... Uh, of course, you get a great view, but uh, it put me in mind of a basilica, which I have visited in France. And if you've been recently to Marseille, which I think was on your list, you might well have been to mm. Notre Dame oh, yes. de la Garde. Or at least you will certainly have seen it because it dominates yes. the skyline um, from its rocky limestone outcrop, dedicated, of course, um, to the Virgin, um, but with a specific brief to um, look 
look out for sailors. And one of the most astonishing things about it is the number of ex-votos, um, you know, yes. sort of messages, uh, expressions of gratitude that people, sailors and families of sailors who've been rescued from uh, a watery grave, uh, um, possibly by the intervention of uh, Notre Dame de la Carte, um, with models of the boats yes. uh, that are the, the, the sort of hanging from the ceiling and on the walls. Uh, and I believe there are planes there as well. It's It's extraordinary. Yes, I've got a few here, actually, because I was there just a couple of days ago. Oh. <laughs> Fervent gratitude. Uh, Notre Dame de la Garde, that's in 1972. Merci pour tout. It is an astonishing place. And the the weird thing is, Mick, and, and I know that we're slightly diverting here, but I first went to Montreal, uh, to, to Marseille. Crikey, I've been on the road too long. <laughs> first went to Marseille in 1972. Yes, I had been born and astonishingly so had you. And it's the first time I saw the Mediterranean. And I went and retraced lots of my steps, but I realised I hadn't actually climbed the hill to the top of Notre Dame de la Garde. Yeah. And uh, from the top, you get this most spectacular sweep. So you can see the the the, the very very bare uh, mountains, the matifs of um, of Provence. You see the way that the city is kind of infiltrating them. You get this broad sweep of the Mediterranean. You've got your offshore islands. Um, quite a spectacular location. So yes, if we were going to have a basilica of the week, that would be my um, my my top bet. Well, it would certainly get my vote. Let's hear more discoveries from your trip. Well, my second great discovery was when I caught the mega bus to London. Now, not the mega bus from somewhere in the UK, but from Toronto city centre. Very good bus uh, terminal, by the way, um, <laughs> to London, Ontario. And well, frankly, from the moment I stepped off the bus, it was clear that pretty much from all respects, London, Ontario is way ahead of London, England. Why would anyone wish to go to any other London? At Chuck's Roadhouse Bar and Grill, a pint and a half of beer is only the equivalent of four pounds. Across the road, the CPR Tavern and Brew Pub gives you a clue as to the excitement of nightlife here if you need resuscitation afterwards. Oxford Street is five lane highway and everyone says hello to you. Hello. Not nearly everyone. Oh and I'm just uh, going past Delilah's nightclub. Why, why, why would you go anywhere else? There goes a Harley. Oh, well, this is the most glorious place and yeah, anything, anything you want. And I've just been past, by the way, uh, the cannabis store, which is open seven days a week for your marijuana needs. Perfectly legal here. Uh, obviously don't take anything back from London, Ontario to London, England. And the Thames. Yes, a river runs through London, Ontario. It is a very uh, beautiful uh, river, much more tranquil 
and uh, it feels much more like the upper reaches of the Thames than the wide river in the middle of the English camp. So, uh, with a Japanese fusion restaurant just across there, a Mexican Dos Tacos uh, on the right. Oh, I'm just spoilt for choice. Um, and there we are, yes. Everywhere there are wonders and ahead. Forget Westminster Abbey, forget St Paul's Cathedral. There's quite an impressive uh, church coming up too. And a Starbucks on the corner. Oh, here we are. Ha, ha, ha. Right. Almost paradise. Papers, pipes, hookahs, shishas. The largest collection in London. That's for all your smoking needs. Goodness. Could life get any better? Well, my mind is brimming with questions after that. Uh, what did you choose to eat? Um, <laughs> is there really a River Thames? Um, did you go in the CPR bar? And how, <laughs> and how big is London, Ontario? I had an absolutely delicious lunch. I didn't go into the CPR bar. Uh, the River Thames, by the way, flows magnificently, not quite through the city. It kind of skirts around the edges and it does look quite similar to the upper reaches of the Thames in in the kind of Cotswolds. And 400,000 people live there. Ah. Lucky souls. <laughs> well, my extensive research, I must say, I've never been there, uh, reveals that um, its tourist slogan um, is, or certainly quite recently was, the city that loves to laugh and live. Well, it's a great podcast topic, I reckon, London's of the world, and there are quite a lot of them. There's one in Finland, uh, apparently, um, really? and there's certainly one in um, Belize, which is right up in the northwest of the country where um, the uh, borders of Guatemala, Mexico mm -hmm. and Belize meet, which I suddenly feel a great urge to go and visit. Well, I would recommend that you go to East London too, which is um, slightly east of actual London um, and several thousand miles south, of course, on the coast of South Africa. And oddly, on some, when you're searching to get a flight from London to somewhere, very often East London will pop up annoyingly and you'll, you'll, you'll be uh, misguided. But um, I've, I've passed through there very uh, briefly on a hitchhiking trip. And gosh, the, the quality of the hitchhiking around there and the people you meet is just magnificent. But we are straying off topic once again. I wonder if Red Herring should be the uh, title of this podcast. But another <laughs> travel lesson, please, Simon. Hibbing, Minnesota. I'd heard odd things about this um, mining town in far north of Minnesota, very close actually to the Canadian border. But I did not realise until I got there that... It is the most famous place in the world by some measures. It is the birthplace of the Greyhound bus and also where Bob Dylan grew up. Is there a museum to the great man? Not exactly. Let me tell you what you have got. You can go to his house, which is very, very easy to find. And it's just it's actually quite a nice sort of middle class house. And you think, oh, this is nice. And um, I, I got there and there was somebody mowing the lawn. Um, and so I said, oh, hello. Um, I've, I've come to pay homage to um, uh, Bob's um 
boyhood home and he said oh where have you come from and i said london england sorry not the not the best london but he said well if you come all this way why don't you come in and this is a chap called bill who is the same age i think almost to the day as um uh, as bob and he has bought his childhood house he's also bought the actual um first home in duluth minnesota about an hour south and he calls himself an archivist and a collector and he uh, effectively has turned it into a little museum which you can only see if he happens to be around and mowing the lawn or whatever and you seem to be a nice person so he invited me in. Now, I couldn't record anything. That was part of the condition. Um, so <laughs> I didn't. Um, however, if you find your way to um, uh, Hibbing, Minnesota, and the exact address, of course, 2424 6th Avenue, um, yeah, you, you will quite possibly find Bill and you will have a fascinating time, as you will, at the Greyhound um, Origin Museum. This is just a mile or so away and it turns out that the first greyhound bus was run it wasn't actually a bus it was more a big car um for miners um in in hibbing and this gradually grew into the greyhound bus which for younger listeners was i would say pretty much from the end of the second world war for Three decades after that, it was the main way that you got around uh, uh, the US and it's been immortalized in song. I've been on many, many Greyhound buses. I'm uh, a huge fan of them. And they've got a lovely old museum, which they sort of, I think, set up in about 1986 when Greyhound was still really quite powerful and it's frozen in time from 1986 but um, endless old buses out the back in their uh, slightly rusting chrome so hibbing minnesota you must go well i managed to make it all the way to st margaret's bay just to the east or northeast technically of dover A place which, if I am not mistaken, has some claim for being the closest place in the UK to continental Europe. I think, depending on how you measure it, possibly even depending on where the tide is, it is closer to um, uh, the, the, the French coast just west of Calais than anywhere else in the UK, um, and also known at Saint, as St. Margaret um, at Cliff, is that right? Which sounds either at a, a, a shrine to um, uh, uh, Sir Cliff Richard or something else very important. Is there a basilica to him? Well, it's uh, it's Cliff with an E, as in Cliffy. Maybe some sort of Norman French? I don't know. But um, the village is basically up on the top of the cliff, or cliffy, and the bay is down at the bottom. And um, it is um, oh. uh, it is a lovely place when the tide is high uh, and the water is calm. And it's where cross-channel swimmers um, prepare for and, um, and sometimes leave for Calais because you can imagine that... Um, Jumping into the water uh, at the ferry port is something of a dangerous game um, these days. And uh, oh, although swim, it is yes. where my great um, predecessor, um, Captain Matthew Webb, started the the first uh, recorded crossing of the Channel. Oh, well, he's not really my relative, but um, but uh, a great man. Well, resuming your um, travels, you mentioned that you'd been to Italy. Uh, what did you learn from that? 
Well, a couple of things. Um, first of all, that there is exactly one island worth visiting in the Bay of Naples. Now, I know that uh, many listeners will be familiar with this amazing gulf, I suppose we have to call it, uh, with Naples at the top. Um, and then you've got Vesuvius absolutely dominating the whole thing, sweeping round to Sorrento at the other end of the bay. Um, Sorrento is close to Capri, uh, an island which I ventured to, but I would absolutely never go back there. Horribly touristy and so on. Um, I've not been to Ischio, the other one, but I do know because I tried it out for the first time that Procida, which is very close to Naples, actually, about an hour on the boat, is an utter delight. It's not uh, over touristy, it's not over spoilt, just the image as you approach of this huddle of houses painted pink and red and orange and lemon. It, it looks absolutely delicious, dominated by, well, I'd say a junior basilica and with huge amounts of walking available. You would absolutely love it. So Procida is the place to go to, one of the very smallest um uh, Italian islands. I also made. Oh, and sorry, but if I may on... interrupt, um, I haven't been to Procida myself, but I have actually seen that wonderful view that uh, that you describe of approaching the uh, the harbour. Uh, and anybody who has seen the film Il Postino, The Postman, which was a, a much loved and, and very popular film um, some years um, ago now about um, about, I think, a true celebrity, um, Pablo Neruda, the uh, Chilean poet, who, while he was spending um, quite a significant amount of time in mm. exile from um, whatever um brutal right-wing uh, dictatorship was was in power at the time in Chile, um, actually spent a bit of time on on, on Procida, where he befriended uh, the local postman. It's a lovely film, and the views are wonderful. Well, from the smaller Italian islands to the largest by a whisker, of course, Sicily, bigger than Sardinia, I adore the place. It's a great distillation of everything that is wonderful about Italy. But after a little bit of disarray involving a train, I found myself on the north coast of the island having to hitchhike to um, Messina, which is the port on the uh, extreme north east. And I thought, OK, I will... Um, I set myself up. There's a beautiful little bend on the autopista approach road. I'll just park myself there. Room for people to stop. I'll be here just a two or three cars and I will be well on my way. Except that in the opposite direction, a patrol car screeched to a halt. Two very, very angry Italian police got out, said, what the heck, roughly, are you doing you cannot stand there. You've got to get off this motorway. And they effectively paraded me ignominiously all the way down. They were on the other carriageway. I was walking the wrong way on my slip road. They had their light flashing. They were going at walking pace so they could make sure that I got off the motorway. We got through, I went the, through the turnstile, the, the, the toll booth the wrong way. Um, and then they got out and they just said, you are not allowed to do this and you should know better. 
and you are going to be catching the train out of here. You are not going to be hitchhiking. The station is down there. You just go and wait and catch the train like a normal person. And I was, well, glad that they didn't find me on the spot, but also quite surprised in an island with, I guess, maybe more pressing crime issues that they were quite so intent on. Well, that is a good story. And uh, can your face be seen on a wanted poster somewhere in Sicily? I wonder. But uh, yes, well, there's uh, one of those things you certainly shouldn't do at home or in um, Sicily come to that or maybe uh, anywhere else where there's a motorway. But next week's um, podcast, um, we were thinking we would devote to the sounds of travel because, after all, that's what our podcast is about. And, of course, we would love to hear your recordings too. And if you want to drop us a note at You Should Have BT, our Twitter account, we can discuss about how you might get it to us. It will be a simple electronic exchange and just to give you some inspiration we were talking earlier about bob dylan his album of course blood on the tracks included the song shelter from the storm and i was actually very close to his boyhood home when i recorded this Very atmospheric. So till next week, from me, Mick Webb. And me, Simon Calder. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.